This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans, and welcome to the Monday morning edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Let me welcome in my counterpart, McKendree University hockey head coach, Gary Henson. What's going on, bud? Good morning. Well, um, since we last uh, did the show on Thursday, we have been uh, we went one and one. Won the home game, which uh, I was in attendance, as were you, and felt like it was a it was a pretty well played game. I uh, was real excited about the atmosphere at Scott Trade. I thought it was awesome. Hadn't been uh, to a game in a little while uh, in person. And just, I don't know, I mean, the energy was it was a lot like Angela had described. And uh, I was really encouraged by what was going on over there. Tarasenko shows up in a big way. We had some, some people kind of, I'm not going to say calling him out, but some people are like, hey, we need you type thing. And and he comes through in a big way. Uh, it was a, it was it was a really really exciting hockey game. Um, then obviously we go into Nashville where we knew things weren't going to be easy, and I'm not quite sure we played our best game. Um, I'll be as uh, what's the word? I'm that looking? was gentle. I was going to say I'll be gentle <laughs> as I can be, um, and just go from there. But before we get into this thing here, let's 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 do our uh, shameless plugs, of course, and remind everybody that you can find the podcast at bluesnhlpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show, which is the easiest way just to get a quick notification each time we release the show. That way you can listen or, you know, at your convenience. Uh, you know, you may like to, to listen to it right away. You might like to listen to it in segments depending on your ride to work. But that's what's great about podcasting is you can listen to it when you want to listen to it and how you want to listen to it um, and at what pace you want to listen to it. So we're real proud to be a part of lineupmedia.fm as they take your entertainment time very seriously. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at STL Blues Podcast. Uh, having a lot of fun keeping up with Twitter here through the playoffs, seeing what's on people's minds. The frustration levels sometimes that go through the roof, um, it, you know. And I'm gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. But uh, make sure you follow us at STL Blues Podcast. Our promise to you is, if you're a Blues fan and you follow us, we're gonna follow you back. We want to know what you're thinking, especially in those hot and heavy moments uh, <laughs> when things are either not going so well or if they're going really well. That's typically when we get some of the good stuff. Uh, Facebook as well, Blues NHL Podcast. Just type it in. You'll find us. We're asking you to like our page. And um, when you see the show on there, if you could share it around. Uh, if you're a Blues fan, chances are many of your friends are as well. 
you could share our stuff around, it would really help. Again, I can't do the show without lineupmedia.fm. As I mentioned, they, uh, they're so great to us. And, of course, if you like podcasting, I guarantee you they're the fastest-growing podcast network on the planet. Give them a look-see, lineupmedia.fm. Okay, so as you put it, I felt like that was fairly gentle. Um, but, but let's first go back to the win at home on Friday night. I um, thought the Blues played with a certain amount of intensity. The first goal, uh, I was actually sitting in the corner there. It was, you know, it was an unfortunate bounce. I didn't like the outlet play that that, that put the puck on his stick. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we got a goal kind of like that ourselves, so no big deal. But what I will say is, um, Tarasenko came to play hockey that that evening, no doubt about it. Um, he was a force to be reckoned with on the ice. Uh, I felt like quite a few of the guys played really, really hard. Um, was in continue to be impressed by the play of Joel Edmondson amongst others, um, which that's, I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's amazing how he was plus 11 going into yesterday's game. And he literally, and and I want to get your thoughts on this, but literally gets caught on the ice in a no change situation. And there's not a damn thing him or Pareko could do about it. It was, they were obviously over gassed and we got Twitter nation wanting to fry Joel Edmondson. I, I I'm, I'm just, there were many more mistakes than Joel Edmondson. Than Joel Edmondson from whiffing on that on that pass on that wrap around the boards. There, I mean, there were there were mistakes before that and after that. And the thing about that is, one mistake led to a few others, and then guys got gassed and tired, and seemed like just a matter of time before the puck found the back of the net for Nashville. You see that from time to time when the you get that uneasy feeling when you can't get the puck out of your zone. <laughs> yeah, so do they. <laughs> you know, it's just it, it's a it, it's just a bad thing. But um, what's your thoughts first on the uh, on the game at home? What, you know, you were there. Obviously, you were sitting up top. Yeah, you had a great view of the play down below. What'd you see? I saw a team that played with a sense of urgency and a team that matched um, matched or even was you know maybe a little ahead of the intensity of Nashville. Um, I felt like the Blues dictated the play um, pretty well. Of course, Jake Allen was amazing again, and uh, you know, Vladdy, he's easy to point at because he had the he had the goals. But you know, he made some huge plays on defense, which maybe we aren't uh, aren't focused on, or maybe sometimes he's been we people have been a little critical of him in the defensive zone, and maybe not such a two hundred foot player. But he played 200 feet that night, and uh, he's shown. I really feel like he showed what kind of uh, superstar he could really be. Um, Colton Perinko was great again. Joel Edmondson was great again. Um, I know Saboka gave up that, you know, gave up that pass up the middle there. But I mean, oh, you know, nobody's perfect, and I'm not going to excuse it. He, he he feels it more than anyone else, but. He played a really solid game, and you know we're forgetting about seventeen again. That I mean, not that we're forgetting about him, but um, seventeen has been a consistent uh, stud for the Blues in these playoffs and in the second half of the season here. Well, again, I thought it was well played. Thought Jake Allen made some very nice saves um, to do his thing, of course, which is becoming the norm almost here. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, so again, very exciting game. I thought it was uh, the intensity level was really, really high. And again, to your point, I felt like we matched their effort really good. Um, might as well just move on to 
you know, that, that game's a couple days old, and that was a winner here at home. And then we go into Nashville, which we know is not going to be an easy task, right? So, you know, I go into this thing thinking to myself, especially after a lot of the conversations with Jamie and, and you and things like that, you start really breaking this thing down into how do we get to the end of the road, right? So just no differently than I'm sure, um, and we talked about this in the first round, his thoughts were just win one in Minnesota. Little did we know we'd win two. But um, I would think the Blues' thoughts are we just need to win one in Nashville. Um, yeah, the team always on the road. Everybody's, you know, that's that's a common trait of every of every team or common conception of every team or thought. Just win one on the road. Now they really have to win one on the road. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, this is probably a. Here's what I think. I, you know, you hate to use the word "must win," but boy, it sure feels like it. If you're, yeah, if, and if we're going to use all these cliches, "must win," and you know, just win one on the road, and all these things. I mean, they're cliches, but they're accurate. But um, if that's your, if that's what you've told yourself, is we have to win one in Nashville, and you come out the way they came out yesterday. Yeah, I just ha- I question that. I don't know. I mean, they're. They're NHLers, and I'm. Are not, you saying that I'm that... not? But I'm going to tell you that not in my in my view. And my view seems to be the same view of as you know Jeremy Roenick and Milbury and all those guys on NBC. Well, that's because you're you. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> saying I can't be that wrong this time. I'm typically wrong, but not this time. Um, they all f- s- repeated what I was feeling and said to you in the text and that there's no energy in that in on that bench um there was no sense of urgency some guys played well but a lot of guys didn't play well and you know I'm not going to sit here and call these guys out cuz again they've achieved a much higher level than me however this is a fan show so sometimes as a fan we get to complain a little and I just don't feel like the effort was there well, and neither did Mike Hill. Well, uh, so I'm going to ask the same question I kind of brought up after game one, and that is, how do you come out like that? I don't know what that is. Um, my, You know, this is a completely different level, and I know that, so if you're listening, don't roll your eyes about this. But it, for whatever reason, it, you know, it's happened to us too. You know, you're on the bench, you come out of the locker room, and you take the ice, and there's just nothing there. You know, the first few shifts aren't going well, and then it snowballs into a kind of thing, and the, the bench attitude gets a little, you know, gets down, and guys look like they're skating in mud, and their legs aren't firing, and, their, you know, their brains are half-step behind. I, I don't know, but that's what happened yesterday with a majority of the, of the St. Louis Blues. I just don't, you know, again, I, I don't have a um... – I don't have a what's the word? I don't have an issue with a team that has to go into another team's building and the other team outplaying them. I mean, I get that. I mean, we expect that here, right? So I get that. You can you can match the that's play right. And lose, that's though. That's right. Like, but that's, that's right. not how I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think you should get outplayed in the playoffs. Well, that's how I feel too. You get what I'm saying there? Like, right. Both teams play really strong games, and one of them's got to win. 
That's sure. what should ha- should happen in the playoffs. I know in a regular season it should happen as well, but let's face it, it's a regular season. And, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. Guys are tired, and sometimes guys take shifts off, and we all know that and we see that. But in the playoffs, you cannot take shifts off. You can't take games off, and you have to come to play every game. And getting outplayed is inexcusable in the playoffs. There's no excuse for that, and I'm just not going to – I don't care. I'm just not going to – I'm not going to buy that. I would – I'm going to sit here and tell you that if both teams played well and we're on the wrong end of that or the St. Louis Blues are on the wrong end of that, tip your hat and go get them the next time. But when you flat out come out and just don't play well and the other team is at the top of their game – you know, if I t- I sent the text to you, I put it on Twitter. If Jake Allen's not there, we get run out of that barn. That, that honestly, he made saves yeah. he shouldn't have made. Well, you know, and again, I felt like felt like we unraveled a little bit in the first period with a couple of silly penalties. In my opinion, you and I had the exchange about the Ryan Reeves thing. I get it, guys, beating on him a little bit, but. It's not that. See, now, he here's what Ronick said. Here's what Ronick said. And I, this, so Ronick said essentially what everyone else said and what you said. Um, one, one of our friends, Todd Henniser, said that the cross checks in the back were, weren't that big a deal. And, and he was baiting uh, Reeves into taking that penalty. Those aren't the cross checks I'm talking about. Watch the play in the corner. Brodziak gets knocked down. He loses his feet three times to cross checks. Blatant cross checks. Now, I have, yeah, those, are, those okay. are different. Listen, I'm okay with the cross checks that just are little pops in the back, just to get the guy off balance. But when it when the when it's a player with possession in the offensive or defensive zone in a scrum, and he gets knocked down and loses his feet to where he cannot maintain possession or he loses possession or he has to scramble to get back up. That happened three times in the same corner while Reeves was there for puck support. That's why he went in there. I understand that. He was in there for puck support for Brodziak, and Brodziak got knocked down three times by blatant cross-checks, and Reeves is watching it while he's getting cross-checked from – uh, from P.K. Subban. So my point is the referee called something he didn't need to call. He could have made it. He could have skated over. He could have skated over, got proximity, and said, boys, I've seen it all. That's enough. The next one's going. And he didn't. He hung out over in the corner, let Brodziak get knocked down three times, let Reeves get frustrated, and then gets called. Both guys got to go there. Both of them. If you're going to take Reeves, you've got to take the player that was cross-checking well, Rodziak. I'm just never going to agree with anything else. Well, again, <laughs> I I would I, I'm 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 with you all the way on Brodziak. Uh, but again, the 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 stuff that that PK was doing to Reeves, we're doing to them. Oh, I know, but okay. So, so that's my point. So and you right, can't so elbow a guy arm, every right, time he puts a stick that, on I you. I get that, but if your arm goes up, you should say, "All right, what's." Pr- you know, a referee. Those referees are, you know, obviously they're the top referees in the in the world of hockey. They're in the NHL. even though we think they're awful. They're, <laughs> I, they're, yeah. So it's not about being awful; it's but, about being consistent, right? But when your arm goes up, 
Play stopped and start again? Yeah, you have to consider who goes to the box to feel shame. And so both of them have to go at that point because you have to think about, in my impression, in in my limited hockey experience of refereeing hockey, now mind you, I ref USA Hockey for a long time, was a level four ref. That's the highest rating an amateur can have. I'm just going to say that you referees should consider the impact of the call. And if they make the call there and take both of them, neither team's complaining. If they don't make a call there and they just let the boys work it out themselves, no one's complaining. But you put, you put Reeves in the box, somebody's complaining. Well, again, and then you then what have you done? You said this is okay, but this isn't okay, and that's a hard. But that's what hockey is. I mean, again, and well, it's like I I told you. I think my text to you was, I'm not going to have a problem if they don't call the token cross check versus the elbow to the noggin, which is basically what he did. He elbowed him in the face. The token cross checks were on on him on Reeves. Well, yeah. Now, if you want to talk about the Brodzik, and it's another conversation. Brodzik is less than a. Two well, okay, again, Reeves. a different conversation. No, it's the same one because it's the same play in the same corner. Well, I'm talking about Reeves has got to maintain his composure there. No differently than towards the end of the period, another guy that's supposed to be one of your assistant captains has to maintain his composure and does not do it, and that's Alexander Steen. I saw Twitter blow up yesterday because they sent them both off. I even saw heard some clown on Twitter yesterday saying, "I don't tell me about Steen slash. He never slashes him if he gets off of him." And I'm like, "Dumbass, that's how it works." Okay, you sit there and take it. He gets the penalty. You don't slash him, and he goes off. What do you mean? Don't tell me if he gets off him, he doesn't slash him. That's exactly what he was trying to do. He was getting a penalty, and he's laying on him, trying to get him to slash him, and that's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did, or punch him, or do something stupid. To get a retaliatory penalty, and that's what he did. It is what he did, and it wasn't good. But again, it was, we, he was going the, to the box. The re- Subban's going to the box, and Steen slashes him. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's a. It's a. It, I, I, you can look at a box score. Two minutes for holding. Steen for slashing, not for roughing. It wasn't anything prior that, to the slash. Right. I think that goes back to um, what I was saying before about the decision a referee makes and the implication of or the impact of. The call about to be made. I I think if Steen doesn't slash him, I think there's no call. Oh, no, he already had his arm up. I think there's no call. No, Subban was already going to the box. Yes, Subban was going to the box. Well, then. (laughs) And Steen slashes him, and the guy looks right at him and sticks his hand up. Like, what, what are you doing? Off he goes. So his hand up was before Steen slashed him? Yes, Subban was going. All right. I'll I'll have to defer to you on that. So, anyway, then we get to the second period, and I got to watch Cody McLeod out hustle us. Man, that's a pretty good play. Sometimes they make. I understand that. Like, how soft were his hands there? Like he. No, I. I, I, But I'm not talking about that. I'm about the out hustle, Cody McLeod. Um, which you know, sometimes a guy is just faster than you. Okay. Or you're out of position. No, they weren't. Bad read. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to go with bad read. I, I don't know if I'm going to blame that one on the Blues. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You just think that's a, just a tough play? It didn't go I'm our way. I'm just saying it's a tough play and didn't go our okay. way. I mean, a lot of stuff has to go right. Cody McLeod has to tip a puck in the air. I understand that. 
and tip it so that he can maintain some control of it. Well, he didn't maintain control. The puck hit Allen and came right to him. Right, but he, that's control. He, right. So he just didn't whack it like right. up and into the freak. Never said he did. He tips it so that it's it's on net. And then, well, he needed a little luck there is what I'm saying. It came well, right to him on the luck. corner. Yeah, there's some puck luck there. But, I mean, what are you going to do about that? Blame just, the Blues for puck luck? No, I'm not. I'm going to not. I'm Listen, the goals they scored were goals. That's just the truth. The goals they scored were good goals. They, well, they were goals, as you said. Well, obviously, but I mean, they weren't. You know, the 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 point is the overall effort just didn't. In the overall sense of urgency and everything, didn't seem to be there. And Nashville played an unbelievably good hockey game. So, sure. so maybe what is it? Is it this? I don't know. Is it the Blues didn't bring it? And didn't bring the the energy, or is it that the Blues or the Nashville was just that good yesterday? I mean, it's it's there could be a combination of both those things. Honestly, now sitting there watching, I'm going to say the Blues played less of a game than Nashville played a positive of a game. I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to put that. I just. You're going to go with that one, huh? I'm going to go with there were players on the ice for the Blues that have to make a difference and aren't. Hmm. You're not going to go with that one? No, I will. Because, again, I it's, um, I, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at this, sometimes it's the same offenders. The, the, <laughs> the head coach mentioned personnel changes, so I'm – interested in seeing what those personnel changes are. I I I would like to see Payarvi in the in the lineup. Did, okay, before we go to Angela, which I know everybody's much more interested in what Angela has to say than us, but um I mean, did wh- you see he put Reeves on the third line and took Barbashev off that line? Well, I didn't think he Barbashev looked a little overwhelmed to me early in the game. I mean, I just I saw his shifts and he looked Kind of all over the, but whatever. I listen. I would defer to you and Jamie on that. You guys are the coaches, but um, I'm going to say Barbashev was not comfortable with his line mates. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Uh, that's that's legit. And I and who were his line mates? Um, his line mates were uh, 21, yeah, and uh, 57. Who I don't think who who I was really impressed with during the season, and we need more from. I'm also going to tell you. That I think fifty-seven is uncomfortable with one of his line mates. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about him on Thursday. If you, I know you're I'm, not here on Thursday. I'm not but. here to call people out, but that's kind of like just a little hint <clears throat> of where I think the. Well, listen, you lies. don't listen. This isn't I calling think, people out. Anybody can watch the replays of the game. We're, I guess, in in fandom, in fan world, I'm going to wear my fan hat. I'd like to see twenty-one play better. We need him to play better. We need him to play like he did when he was playing for a contract. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. That'd be nice. We need him to play like he needs to play for a contract. But, hey, let's give – okay, so if we're going to criticize, and because people have blown up on Twitter and Facebook and all all the stuff have blown up just – there's been a lot of criticism of 21. But if you're going to give credit, or if you're going to give criticism, you have to give credit. For sure. Go back to Friday. Mm-hmm. Two huge face-offs at the three huge face-offs at the end of the game in the blue zone. Late with 
Nashville's goalie off, up by a goal, and who took all three of those? No. 21, and he won all three of them. He yeah. won all three of them. So sometimes you got to give the guy credit. I'm not not going to give him credit. I'm. You're not not going to give him credit? No. How about you're just going to give him credit? Well, uh, what I am going <laughs> to do is um, I, I will say I was scratching my head trying to figure out why he was on there. But that's fine. He won all three of them. Yeah. Those were huge face-offs. You, you have to win those face-offs. I agree. And Listen, he, he I, sometimes somebody... Now, some, yesterday, maybe not as much. Yeah, we're way beyond face-offs as well. <laughs> I'm, I just I can't look I at the quicksand. I think Barbara Shev I can't look at the quicksand skates anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I, hey, listen. In times of deep despair. Oh, for goodness sakes. When the world listen, seems Jack dark. Handy. When the world seems dark and no one's there. It's time to go to the one who's awesome at being awesome. Yeah. Let's get Angela Sharp on the line. Angela, are you there? Hey, I'm here. What's going on? Well, no, you tell us. You are uh, en route home from Nashville. I know you uh, you attended the game yesterday in their building, and real anxious to hear your thoughts on the uh, on the on the game. Um, just wondering what you what you thought of the building in general. Well, I've been to Nashville a few times to see a game, and and I'm always impressed with the way their fans are engaged in the game. Now, I'm gonna what I'm gonna say next is going to sound insulting, but I don't necessarily mean it insulting. It's a very high school-like environment inside Bridgestone. It's very high school. So there's a lot of, you know, chanting with the clapping. There's a lot of, you know, you suck chants. Uh, even outside. <laughs> right, field sucks. They had a, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's a, yeah, there's a lot of that and the, the clapping, and they they all do the, the cheer for Allen. Like, every time they scored a goal on him, they did the – you know, and it was everybody. It wasn't just like, you know, you're really passionate fans in one section. It was the entire arena doing Alan, Alan, you suck. Which <laughs> is, it, 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 you know, if it wasn't against us, I'd probably be really for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and outside yesterday, they even had um, a car painted with a blue note and said blues on it that people could pay money to hit with a big sledgehammer. Yeah, our friend so Jamie Rivers got a big on, kick out of that one. Now, see, that's yeah, awesome. That's... I mean, it's everything we did. I went to Webster Girls High School. It's everything we did at Webster for high school. <laughs> like it's it's all that same stuff, except for it's what what sixteen thousand people inside Bridgestone, and I mean it's crazy loud in there. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Blues weren't able to take the home home team crowd out of the game yesterday. So they they were engaged the whole game with their various chants and you sucks, and they do this thing called the seventh man which is, you know, they're, they're the seventh man, the crowd is. And they'll, like, show the seventh man banner they have, and that crowd will just scream an entire TV timeout. They'll just yell and cheer an entire TV timeout for their team, which is really, really neat if you weren't the opposing team. Neat and annoying would be the term I would use, because even if but, I was yeah, a fan, that, I'd be... That's kind of cool, but listen, it, no, it's, it's art. Listen, it's kind of cool. She's right. I, you know, it... It, I've been there. It is. I've been there. It, it, it is high schoolish and it's maybe loud. college-ish, you know. But it's like a tin can. But you it? guys got to remember, you know, the the franchise is only fourteen years old, and it's in Nashville, so they don't have this hockey tradition, history, sure. whatever. So when they started that franchise, I know this for a fact. They were taught all of that. Honestly, they were taught all of that. So 
You mean like when the Rams, that, so, when they would have the Rams rules? Remember yeah, that? So sack. listen, listen. When Whenever you get news, the quarterback, yell sack. When, when students come to McKendry for the first time, new student orientation, that, that week they learn what to say at the football game, what to say at the basketball game, and how to cheer at the hockey games. They learned that that first week. So Nashville did it too. So even though it's loud and we had to listen to Pierre say how great the atmosphere is in there, and it is, and if you're part of it, that's fun. But let's face it, it's artificial. It's not they, – they were taught that. Angela, are you trying to tell us well, that yeah, you don't I – mean, Angela, you don't have a 101 course. That. Angela, you don't have a 101 course for fans on when to cheer and how to cheer. Are you telling us that's not what you do in your spare well, time? No, I mean, <laughs> I got to tell you, as, as a hockey fan, a hockey fan, I mean, I was, I was born into a family of people who just love hockey. So it was kind of like, you know, you react to the play at hand. And it, you don't just cheer willy-nilly. So that, that's not necessarily the way I was taught. But, I mean, it, I think it's cool in Nashville, but, I mean, there is. It's – there's a section up top. It's cell block 303, and they're the ones who kind of start all the cheers, as the young men do at high school hockey games. You know, there's that group of like senior guys that start the clapping and cheering, and everybody goes along with it. Well, that's what cell block 303 does. They start it, and then the whole arena does it. Well, um... plus yesterday was T-shirt day, so then everybody had gold on. Which yeah, I looked, saw that. I I don't know what it looked like on TV, but like when you were in it, it looked kind of neat because. If people weren't wearing their own Predators jersey, they were putting on those T-shirts that were left for them on the seat, which made it gold out pretty much everywhere. And there was a good amount of Blues fans there, but with us all kind of being together, we were kind of all spread out. It was, you know, you really couldn't have the same kind of effect. It looked we were like- trying in the section I was in to get the Let's Go Blues going, but, Didn't you know. work out, huh? Section 307. no. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's where I was. <laughs> I remembered that. Um, it looked like there was quite a few Blues employees there. I saw some stuff on Facebook and Twitter. It looked like some of the some of the gang from the office went on Nick a trip. Yeah, some of the yeah. front office got tickets, and they were able to take a bus down as a group to go check out the game. Well, that I was... wasn't included in that, so I don't I don't know how much fun they had. I'm sure they had a blast. According to Snapchat and. And Twitter, they had a lot of fun. Yeah, they had a lot of fun until <laughs> the, the wee hours of the morning the night, night before. before that 2 o'clock call must have come. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. I'm assuming you found a couch. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to hit the bars at the, in Nashville the night before. I'll give them credit. They wore their blues gear out yeah, to the they bars. Did. They did. Good for them. And I'm assuming you found a nice couch to sleep on as you were readily looking for a couch. Um, you. I, I was looking for a couch. Now you know what I went and did the whole hotel thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm too much of a princess for a couch now. Who knew? <laughs> oh, for gosh. <laughs> well, um, you know the atm- uh, I wanted to ask you about the atmosphere for our second home game. I did run into you. Uh, yeah, Jimmy uh, got to see you. I saw you Friday night, and it was loud. You and I were talking, and we were having a hard time hearing one another. The the Blues. Gary felt like the Blues matched the intensity level of, of Nashville, and had a lot to do with why we were able to win Game Two. Seemed like, um, and, and again, maybe it's because the Blues gave us something to, to to cheer about. But it seemed like the crowd was really into the whole game versus just maybe the one period that we had saw in the first game. And, again, I attribute that all to the play on the ice as well. But um, much noticeable, would you, wouldn't you have to say, Friday versus Wednesday? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think Blues fans, well, it's the show-me state, right? So right. I think we're, we're waiting to see what happens, and then we react to that. So if the team's playing great and, you know, we're, we're in it, then, yeah, the team's in it. But, I mean, I, I loved how loud the fans were, and on their own, starting, yes. you know, blues cheers and on their own 
during one of the, it was in the third period when they were just when they were doing that whole yelling, screaming, and cheering, kind of very on their own, very natural. It just it just happened, and it was super loud in there. And I was going to tell you um, that's one of the first games, other than maybe Chicago last year, when I saw a whole group of you know fans like kind of stand up to cheer for the team. And then of course you know if those guys down front stand up, then everybody stands up. And I always think it's kind of neat if you know we're in it enough where the fans are on their feet standing up without you know without even being told to do so they're just they're just that into the game well you've had a lot to do with that and our fans Gary had mentioned earlier that you know sometimes you know how to do these things sometimes you're taught but you have a lot to do with the great crowd that we have here and we appreciate you and I know our fans do as well how do they follow you Angela oh you can follow me on Facebook Instagram Twitter it's just my name um, but my name is spelled funny so it's Angela Angela has two L's in it and Sharp has an E at the end of it. But follow me, hang out, we'll take some selfies. I took a lot of selfies this weekend down in Nashville with Blues fans, so post those. Great stuff, as, great stuff <laughs> as always. We will give you a call next week. All right, let's, uh, hopefully we have good stuff to talk about next week, guys. Sounds good. That's Angela Sharp. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. All right, now we're going to, um, you know, typically we have Jamie on the line early. Jamie's in a meeting over in uh, – over in St. Louis for some of the youth uh, stuff with some of the new rinks going on, but we were able to get uh, our good friend Darren Kimball on the line. Kimby, you there? Yeah, I'm here, bud. Well, welcome to the Monday morning edition of the show that you are a big part of, and typically Jamie does this calling in on Mondays as you're at work, but uh, Jamie's got his, uh, his meetings today for the rink stuff going on over in St. Louis, so we appreciate you filling in for him on this Monday morning. Um, well, you, you get some intelligence now on the Monday show. So oh, that's good. boy. That's good. Man, yeah. hey, I, good. I, my hat I, just I, fell off. I must tell you, though, I am very interested to get Mr. Kimball's take. First, a real quick take, because it was a couple days ago. We all know the outcome was fantastic, but the Blues take care of business at home and even it up 1-1. One, one. What would you see uh, in the game Friday night? You know, I was, uh, they found a way to win, which was, which was good. Um, it was it was looking a little bleak at a point in time, but they come back. They found a way to win, so momentum should be on their side going in. And for them to come out and lay an egg like that, not not everybody now, but obviously Mr. Allen was there, but just to not have a shot in the second period until they finally scored a goal and and still be in the game was amazing to me. Yeah, that was a, a curious time. Gary and I had kind of been texting a little bit back and forth and you know I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure this out and interestingly enough we had some people uh, complaining about the announcers and fawning all over Nashville I'm like what do you want them to say about the Blues we haven't had a shot on goal in 20 minutes I, I don't know I, yeah. how, how do you not have a shot on goal for 20 minutes I know but what announcer is it was a DJ McGuire because yeah. they should complain all they want because yeah. that guy's an idiot so I know I know you I'm don't not worried like him. about that I know you but, don't uh, like him no, but I agree with you you're you're, you're playing in that you're playing in a playoff game. You've, you've found a way to win game two at home, which was looking a little bleak at for a second, and you find a way to win. Your goaltender's standing on his head again, and no one comes to the rescue for the man. And then they, then they score a goal, and they get a little momentum, and then they go dead again. And it, it's, just, it's just amazing what's going on up there. You know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, refereeing has been a little bit of a topic of discussion. Gary and I had a little bit of a discussion about, you know, I felt like the Blues played undisciplined in the first period. Uh, you can go back and watch the video and the token cross-checks that that um, P.K. Subban was given Reeves, but Reeves loses his cool and elbows him. And, you know, and Gary brings up a great point. There was other cross-checks going on, but that's the one that the referee saw 
They were token. You know, he takes the what I would call an undisciplined penalty. Um, I'm sure if in your day, if you got cross-checked a little bit like that and elbowed a guy in the noggin and took a penalty, your coach probably wouldn't be very happy with you. And then Steen, who's supposed to be one of our captains, gets mugged. The, they're going to call a penalty on the guy for holding, and he stands up and whacks the guy and gets two for slashing. So, I, you know, the whole key here is don't we have to stay out of the penalty box here? You know, you know, and as the playoffs go along, and usually every round, the, the referees sort of, you know, they try to put the whistle away a little bit more and let the players determine what's going on here. And so they've had the first round usually where they come out and try to set a precedent, and then we're going to call this, call this, call that. And so realistically, when you're in the playoffs, uh, you know, the mental part of the game, some, there's going to be games you got to battle these guys. And, and I mean the referees. And they're, they're going to make calls that you don't agree with, but there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that. You know, you, you have, have you ever seen a call that they're going to take back? Now, I know that they got the replay on the offsides and that. Yeah, those ones they do. But when a referee calls a slashing or something, he's not taking it back. So all you can do now is go out and kill the penalty and move on. And, you know, if you keep crying over spilled milk, it's, it's, what are they going to do? They're not going to do nothing. You're the, you're the one that's going to pay the price for it. So... Uh, the, the Blues got to mentally, they got to be ready to say, shit, this, this stuff might happen. We might get penalties called on it. Are we going to be ready to go? And, and you know, that's, that's the guy that, that holds the trophy at the end. They, uh, they, they seem to build a fight through that. And, you know, I, I, I've lived in St. Louis for a long period of time here, and, you know, fans jump on these referees, and I get it. You know, they're, 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 there's a point where you can jump on them, but, you know, I, I don't believe they're out there to, to really screw with the Blues and, you know, it's, when you're when you're going through a process and you haven't won a uh, you know a Stanley Cup here for a long time and you're you're getting closer and you know the, the old stuff comes back in all the referees get nah the referees not getting it because the the blue players they're 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 taking the penalty the referees calling it you wish he wouldn't sometimes but you know that's that's their call and hopefully they put the whistle away and let you play hockey yeah Kimmy those sometimes like I'm not there's a lot of people on Ryan Reeves today and. And I and on their officials, but just real quick on that is that instance that play. Brodziak gets crosschecked into the wall head first three times. That man lost his feet to a crosscheck, and it's in the same play. Reeves is there for puck support, and Reeves is watching this, and then he's getting those token crosschecks just like everybody does in the corner from PK, and he just gives him a little elbow whack because there's no call being made so my thing is the ref the referee established the fact that he's gonna let him play in the corner and then all of a sudden he doesn't and it's just so I don't want people jumping on Ryan Reeves because Ryan Reeves is watching his guy get knocked to the ice three three times and those aren't token cross checks those are cross checks knocking Brodziak down Brodziak weighs 210 pounds so the, yeah. to get him They'll, to the ground, you got to hit him hard. And then Reeves says, okay, I guess we're getting a play in here, and this is going to be a scrum, and I'm going to let PK know that we're not going to handle this, and gives him a little pop, and all somewhere in the penalty box. I don't know. I just, I'm just never going to agree with that. And I think the referee sets that tone and then takes it right away, and I don't like it. And, and I, I agree with every word you're saying, Gary. And, and I'll tell you what, what, Ryan, what happened to Reeves, uh, and I'm not, I'm not dating myself here going back in the – we're playing the uh, Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs and we're looking for a little momentum. And I try to, I try to do the same thing to Rob Ray and I get called on the penalty. Uh, I go in the box, they score a goal. I come across and I look like a horse's ass. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say to you is I'm agreeing with what you're saying, Gary, and the referee is the one that's going to have to, he's established something. So he should stay with it. But 
by what Ryan Reeves does, and I'm, I'm not I'm not blaming him. I'm just I'm just telling you what I I'm ref, going through a referee's no. mind. He lets him elbow him. Well, Ryan Reeves put you just put yourself in a position where you could be called a penalty. So True. if he doesn't do that and he sucks it up, then you know, and you can still say, yeah, the referee shouldn't let that happen, or blah blah blah. That that's us looking through a television, but the referee's going to make a call. So you, you can't. You can't even put yourself in that position when it comes to playoff. Time. I know, but and, it, and especially Ryan, especially Ryan Reeves, because he's if it was if that was Steen doing that elbow on the guy, he might get away with it. If it was Tarasenko, he's probably getting away with it. But the referee's probably sitting there saying, right. "Well, here, I got a fourth line guy. I can pick on this guy, and I'm going to go get and him." And I agree. And, with, that's what, and I I believe they do that kind of crap. And I agree with that. But I think at that this is the problem I have with with some NHL officials. Or and some college officials. <laughs> Here's the thing: when his arm, when he sees the elbow to the head, everybody sees that on TV. They see PK's head snap back. He feels like he's got to make a call. You got to take two of them. Then take yeah, them I both. Agree. Don't take one. Take them both because there was a lot of stuff going on in that corner. So rather than you know screw over one team or put one team down, take them both. Okay, but. That's just one part of the game, I guess. We should move on. Yeah, but, a, but you get you get into that, guys. Though, and I'm not I'm not shitting you here. When you go through this playoff uh, thing, that you're there's a point that you're going to get away with. There's a point of who you are and what you're going to get away with. And I know Ryan Reed. I know he's playing a regular shift right now. And you think you'd have a little more room to wiggle, but still, he's the guy that's going to fly out there and and make the big hit. Like if McLeod, for example, it was in St. Louis arena yeah. and McLeod did the same thing that, that there's an easy target for the referee to say, here, I'll, I'll sort of go get this guy. Cause I can get away at this one. Right. You know? so that, and that's it, not, it, it's, it's, it's not it's kind, of, it's kind of unfortunate that a, you, you always at the end of a game, if you're watching it from either side of the ball game, you're hoping to come out of the game and you don't even know who the referee was. That's, that's when you know they've done a good job. And, if you're focusing on like if you call five penalties in a row on a team in a playoff game, something something doesn't sound right there. And you know it's a, you know the Blues weren't stepping that far out of bounds where Nashville's playing a squeaky clean game. So right. it's you know it's unfortunate the referee got himself going down that direction. So let's move on to something else that I saw, and it happened in the first shift. It happened before the puck was even dropped, and then it happened when the puck was dropped. Uh, Stasny's lined up with 92. Uh, he takes a before the pucks even drop. Ninety two takes a little whack at him. Pucks dropped. He just literally smacks uh, Stasny's stick, and they go down. And he's he's giving him the stick a little bit and bumping him a little bit. And then the Blues get get offensive zone time real quick, and they get a shot on goal real quick. And Rene covers the puck real quick. And there's ninety two sticking our twenty six and trying to you know just just you know. Give him a couple cross checks, a couple slashes. Now, see, that's when I think, and you tell me because you were in the role. That's when I almost think that the Blues have to make a line change there, or somehow early in that game get Reeves out there with ninety two. Now I know that's not a good matchup necessarily, but it's got to be sometime where Reeves Reeves skates by him and says, "Hey, that's enough of that," because it yeah. seemed to me they were trying to intimidate Stasny quickly. And and it mm-hmm. happened within the first twenty seconds of the game, and it wasn't necessarily cheap shots, but they weren't they weren't really soft shots either. There was, you know, there was a face wash and everything. So I I don't know. I just think like Reevesy should be used there. 
Well, but but I, 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 in the regular season, I, I'll go with you on that, and yeah. I, I can even go with you this way because because Reeves is playing a lot. He's been playing a lot this year, and he's getting a lot. You know, they have to be able to play a lot. And Yo, I, I won't even question anything Yo's doing right now because where he come from and done. I've said this before on the show. This guy, he's pushing the right buttons right now, yeah. and whatever he's doing, he's doing it the right way. Dashney, you know, I I I understand what's going on, but at that point in time, Dashney needs to grow a set of balls and stick up for himself. And I don't care who it is. It wasn't like it was McLeod. It wasn't like it was uh, some tough guy. It's it's the guy's actually a, they're one of the top scorers. So, you know, Stashney, stick him back. If you got to whack him back, whack him back. Go to the penalty box. You're getting penalties called on you anyway. But stand up for yourself. Okay. And then if you really want, if if you really wanted to play the card right now, he'd go get someone, one of the other guys, Brodziak or someone that's not really an obvious choice as Reeves is. Stick him out in the ice and say, hey, go run or Upshaw, go go run that goddamn guy's ass if you want to play that card. But you're talking playoff hockey again, Gary, and yeah. the only thing you got to watch out because once you get once you get into a a referee and you start pissing him off, you, the next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. Right. I got four penalties, and and it's going to be a four-one game or a five-one game, and then he's going to call probably three penalties my way late in the game, trying to say, oh, I made it up to you guys, but the game's already over. Yeah. So, game. you know, playoff hockey, you're shift by shift by shift, and realistically in that spot, Stashney, Stashney's got a ball up on that one and, and stick him back and uh, stand up for himself and show the Blues bench, not only the Blues bench, show the Nashville guys, you want to keep whacking my ass, I'm going to take my stick and shove it right up your ass, and that's the way this game's going to be played. I agree. We're here to win, and I and then and then the bench has got to follow him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because Johansson is just all over him. Yeah, and, um, and he's got nothing. What, what, what's Johansson going to do? He's, he he couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. So what's he going to do? You know what I mean? Hey, Kimby, so, I know we only got you for another minute, and I wanted to get your take on this. You brought up Mike Yo, and he obviously, um, to your point, again, I, he's pushing all the right buttons, regardless of what any of us might think. Again, we we've said we've beat this dead horse here. I mean, a couple months ago, I'm not sure we thought we'd even be in the playoffs, much less in this situation. So. Definitely all credit to Mike Yo. Now, he has said he was very – I think it was pretty obvious he was very unhappy with the effort as well. And he says there will be lineup changes. What do you anticipate or what do you see? You know, I don't um, – I, and I, I, I was sort of in between the game uh, yesterday. I was – my kid had practice, so I was listening to a bit on the radio and I was watching and I got a part of the game I got to watch. But I was listening to Chaser and Curbs on the, when I was riding home. And it just sounded uh, like at the first part of the ball game that the Nashville was just beating the crap out of them and 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 you know knocking them all over the place. And I'm I'm listening. There's a uh, couple guys are getting hurt in the bench. They're going into the room. So I think you know I, obviously the later he's got. I think he's got to exit the game right now. And we've got to get a little life, some young guys in here, and maybe come and and you know I hate to question. I don't even know really want to question the man because like I said, he knows what he's doing. But I think. Maybe Brodjack's line's got to be played maybe a little bit more together if they can. Maybe that third line can pop in there and, and bring some young guys in there and, and, and let them run, you know. And it's the, the, the series is being realistically, guys, it, look, look how Nashville scoring their goals. What are they doing? They're going to the front of the net. They're clogging the front of the net. These big guys are up. I think Edmonds, I, I think Fortuzo, I think they got a man up here and ball up and start knocking some shit out of some guys here because uh, Edmondson, big, 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 uh, big problem on the third goal with him. You know, he gets caught out there for nine minutes of scene, but great shift by Nashville. But it could have been helped out right at the start when he got rid of the puck. But I think it's going to be a game in Nashville. The way Nashville's playing right now is uh, we're going to get in your face. We're coming to get you. We're going to own the front of your net. So somewhere in the decor 
and some young blood coming into the ball game. They got I think that's what's going to have to take this series over. Well, well, we appreciate you. You know what I said? You know what I said before, though? I said the Blues in this game, and I said every game that's going to be played in this series, the Blues are going to have a chance to win every game. And as bad as they sucked yesterday, uh, you're, you're almost through two periods, and they still have a chance to win the hockey game. And yeah. it was 2-1 because the goaltender standing on his head again. Well, so, uh, yeah, you're you're you've... not far away here. You're not far away. You, you know, you need a little life, and the Blues have been like they, the last 20, 30 games of the season. They've been the best team, and on the road, they hardly have been losing. So they got to dig deep here and get a little life, maybe a little spunk, and maybe Reeves can set the tempo, or or someone can set the tempo because you know they they got to get a little life back on their on their side of the fence right now. Well, we appreciate you jumping on. I know um, it was kind of last minute you filling in for Jamie, and I know you're obviously doing your own thing today. So uh, we really do appreciate. It. I know the fans appreciate it as well as you know they want to hear from you guys as much as possible because you know you've been on that ice in those playoff scenarios and been in that locker room, and you know the intensity level is so high, and we know things change a little bit. So we do appreciate you jumping on and 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 giving the fans a little bit of insight there, Kimby. Yeah, no, no problem. I, 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 like I said, I think there's there's still good guys. They, they I, this is pretty well a game. I'm not going to go game seven for them, but I'm going to go. You're pretty, you're at game six now. The Blues are tomorrow uh, when they play tomorrow night. So, you know, you don't want to go three one. Is it undoable? No, but I, I think they got to get this game here and to sit back and get home ice back in their play because I think the, the way the Nashville's playing, they got they got to bring something swing momentum back to their their side of the fence here, and I think this game is going to be huge for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you're right. Uh, momentum is a big thing. I, you know, it it spell. You know, it just lays out where if we can pull, if we can win Game Four, you know, you would you would anticipate coming home Game Five. Place will be crazy. Opportunity to go up three two, put it back in your yeah. court. You know, I, it all's laid out, but it's also laid out for you know you're in their building. They just kind of dominated you at at home. But to your point, yeah. it, but it, as much as we got dominated, we were right in the game. So you know. I, yeah, you know the goaltender's going to give us a chance. Though. Well, yeah, you got to get some. Someone's got to stand up, and I, those the five and six defensemen. People. You know, I think it's time for them to make up for it, and then that fourth line, and possibly some young life coming into the ball game. So, it, it, it's there, it's there, and Tarasenko he needs to continue his process here. And it's you know you're going to be a big name player. It's it's uh, hopefully he can put a goal or two in, and, and send these guys in the right way. Well, we appreciate you jumping on, Kimby, and we will see you on Thursday, my friend. All right, guys, take care of yourself. That is uh, former Blues uh, winger, enforcer, and uh, just all-around great guy, Darren Kimball, who does the show with us here in studio each and every Thursday. Um, appreciate him stepping in for Jamie today. As Like I said, Jamie, um, uh, you know, we mentioned it on Thursday. He does so many things within the community when it comes to hockey uh, for the Blues, but he also uh, so involved in what's going on out there with the youth. We talk a lot about SynergyHockeySkills.com. Um, everything going on. I want to remind everybody that um, typically when Jamie's <laughs> filling in on that segment, and Kimby as well, always brought to you by NelsonLandServices.com. They're good friend Scott Nelson. Uh, great hockey family involved in the community. Uh, they do so much unbelievable work down in the Lake area. Now they've expanded into the St. Louis region. They've asked us just to kind of help get the word out and see if you guys can check them out. They really like you to just look at their website, NelsonLandServices.com. Take a look at the work that they do. Their phone number is 636-244-5651. They want to welcome you to Nelson Land, the only name in landscaping that you need. They are professional landscaping at reasonable costs. They can provide competitive lawn service at affordable rates and top-notch professional services. 
you really need to check it out. They do some amazing work, beautiful stuff that I couldn't even uh, attempt to do. I know Jamie and Darren wouldn't do it as well. D- Gary, I'm sorry. I know you're not doing any landscaping either. Oh, come and, on. and you do have a nice uh, nice area back there. I'm telling you, this, this, this pond or pool will be good for you. <laughs> but, no, they are the landscaping experts. Whether you want to add some splash color into an existing landscape, a waterfall, or a pond, you can transform your home into a private paradise. Nelson Land has the tools to do the job and do it right. Check them out at nelsonlandservices.com. Appreciate them greatly. Like I said, we, uh, we couldn't do these shows without these guys. And, of course, Vincent Mortgage. You can chat live with a loan officer at vincentmortgage.com. Get the information you need instantly. Visit vincentmortgage.com. Click chat with a mortgage expert. You can connect live and in real time to one of their professional loan officers. They can help you figure out the best way to reach your family's financial goals. You want to buy a new home in 2017? Call Vincent Mortgage. You can get pre-qualified in less than five minutes. You know the number, 314-839-9999, or simply visit vincentmortgage.com. Again, I mentioned to you, Jamie's got all that great stuff going on with Little Blues and all that through SynergyHockeySkills.com. Make sure you give them a look as well. We would greatly appreciate it here on the show. Um, you know, it's, a, it's very important to us to support the people that are uh, supporting us. Uh, Gary Henson, McKendry College, uh, each University. and every week. But, um, God, I keep, well, I go away both ways, but McK- you got You just keep going. I'll get it right, right eventually. <laughs> but no, McKendry University, uh, you know, brings Gary each and every week uh, in here to provide you guys with that knowledge uh, from a hockey coach, just a Blues fan like the rest of us, but a guy that has a, just a, a wee bit more knowledge than the average fan, of course, and just give us a little bit of insight. And, um, and and try to do that. McKendry University, make sure you check them. Where can they do that, Gary, if they're interested in, in checking out what McKendry has to offer to see if it's right for their son or daughter or if you are the student yourself? www.mckendry.edu. Go to our uh, our page. Everything will be there. Click admissions. Um, you can schedule a tour. You can talk to an admissions counselor. Um, everything's right there at mckendry.edu for you to uh, experience all that McKendry has to offer. I was at, uh, we had prom this weekend in uh, yes, Edwardsville. We was at uh, somewhere taking pictures with Tyler as he's a senior now. Um, two of his best friends uh, were talking. They are rooming together at McHenry next year and very excited about it. One is a baseball player, one is a golfer, and I know you know one of them. Um, very excited about the process. Had an opportunity to talk to them both. Um, and what I found very interesting was they were both aware of McHenry. Mm-hmm. But when they went and actually checked it out, they were kind of blown away that this was this close to them, and they had no idea. To some degree, you know, they were young. Yeah. But my point is, I think parents especially are beginning to understand what's going on there, and I think some of the kids, as they get the opportunity to check it out, are realizing what they have so close to home. So it's kind of a great thing here, which also tells you that if, you know, if you're as far away as some of the guys you've recruited, <laughs> you know, when they come in here, you know, I could only imagine what they're expecting or what they think. I mean, who knows where they've gone, right, and right. where they're from. Right. But you come here and have this great atmosphere, this great environment, great school. Right. Everybody, you know, and these guys just raved about the peop- the kids that they met when they went and checked it out. Yeah. So just seems like a, a really fast-growing, um, positive yeah, environment for students. You yeah, know? we're not a secret anymore. And um, our education, the education we provide young people is, is outstanding. It's second to none. And I've said it before on here, and I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it to anyone that wants to listen. My, Both of my children are 23 and 18. They could have gone to university anywhere they want. Neither my wife nor I are McKendry grads, unfortunately. But uh, they both, one will be in a couple weeks here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's happening you know, really fast. After his little victory lap. But uh, 
And then my other one is starting in McKendry in the fall, and that's the best testament I can I can give for McKendry is that uh, my own children go to school there, and they had options, and they could have gone and chosen many other institutions, and they visited other institutions, and they came back, both of them, and just said, Dad, McKendry's uh, the right place for us. So um, we, uh, we're really happy that they chose McKendry, and I think if uh, people explore McKendry, they'll be happy with that decision as well. Well, make sure you check them out, and we do appreciate them uh, allowing you the time to do this show each week and provide the insight. It's uh, it's very well appreciated, and um, it's, I'm not in here alone, so that's good. I don't. Yeah, want to that is good. Alone. That is good. Hey, I wanted to ask you something before we go to our friend Bradley. I know you finally got to meet. I Brad. met Bradley. Yeah, over at the St. Louis game of my time. Weekend. Yeah, so I know you finally got to meet him in person. But they, you know, they again a quality paper, great articles, great insight, really entertaining. Again, I really encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, you just get there a little bit early, find them. They're, you can't miss them. You know, they're, they're, no, they're and there. And just a real quick story. So I met Brad. You right. know, I walked up and I, said, I introduced myself, and he's like, holy crud, you know. And so we started talking, and he handed me uh, one of his reports, you know, and I put it in my back pocket. And because the doors open hour and a half before game. Sure. We get there early because we're up in the penthouse thing that one of our buddies sets us up with. So I just went up there and I just, I laid it on, on the counter there. And a couple guys that were in there with it opened it up, you know, hey, what's this? Started reading it. Holy crowd, that's fantastic. So that was, the, that was what, Wednesday's game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Friday, same group in the suite and everything. They the guys that read it on Wednesday went and bought it on Friday. That's good. So, so it's that's quality, pretty cool. It's yeah. quality. Good for him. And like I said, he does do awesome stuff, does a great job of putting it together, obviously. But the people that write for it really take an interesting look at it and, you know, sometimes will not give you that traditional view. And that's really what I like about it. Again, I, you know me. I like to... I, I love like, that they're blatantly honest. Yes, that's right. Like, and, and, that's awesome. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, speaking of blatantly honest... That's a great segue, by the way, and you don't even know where I'm going with this. I don't. Um, our old friend Kevin Shattenkirk is having a rough go. Oh, oh yeah, we, yeah, and here we were singing his praises. Well, sing, well listen, you know, Jamie and I both said, we no, 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 listen, I, absolutely, and I don't think anybody's going to go back on that. That's not the point here. But man, he's having a rough way to go, and to the point where, when when your coach starts talking about you in the post game press conference. I don't care what he says. <laughs> Those words, I know he can play better. That's not a that's well, not a pat on the ass. No, it's not. And let's just maybe, maybe uh, twenty two is getting a little exposed, and we didn't see it necessarily because um, we aren't playing in the Eastern Conference. We aren't playing that style of hockey, and we. We aren't playing the Pittsburgh Penguins every night either. And 87 is really hard to play against. Well, so and, 71. And 71 and 81. And yeah. They're really good. Yeah. They're really good. My dog's name's Crosby, by the way. Is, I got to, well, before we talk a little bit more about Kevin and maybe how this is going down for him right now, um, because, again, there's not, to a man, not a guy in this room wanted him gone. I don't think even Kimby, who said he's gone. I don't know that he wanted him gone. I think he just understood the the, the gravity of the situation. So, is this thing in Pittsburgh like when you watch them play, and you watch the other players? Now, you know, there's you know, it's like uh, you know, like when people used to talk about well, there's Gretzky and you, and then there's the others, that kind of stuff. 
what you've got Crosby and Malkin, and then there's the others. Well, when you watch the others, they're pretty good. They can really skate. You can and say they, what you want about Phil Kessel. That guy can play. That's right. So my point is, is this just another example of how when you're fortunate enough to have a Crosby and a Malkin, the guys underneath them are just naturally better because they're just – you can't – I mean, that's a thing over there where what do you do? Okay, not every team is equipped to handle that type of talent offensively. See, most teams aren't equipped to handle that type of offense from Washington. Yeah, but they're just being out outplayed. Yeah, because but, the talent level up and down, listen, but led by seventy one and, and eighty seven. Well, let's talk about eighty seven real quick. Okay, he is the best player in the world, and it's not because he just scores. That's goals right. And ma- he plays two. We talked feet, about this Friday. And I'm going to tell you that's the argument. Anytime t- someone tells me Alexander Ovechkin is the best player in the world, I tell them they're crazy. First of all, he's never won a championship. None of his teams have ever won a championship. Second of all. There are times and there were there were seasons where he scored fifty goals and was like a plus three, or a minus for min, much of the year. He's not a two hundred foot player. He's not. Right. Sidney He's good Crosby, at what he does. He is great at what he does. Like right. absolutely but fantastic yes, I agree with at you. what he does. We talked about but this he Friday is night. Not a two hundred game. I like to watch Ovechkin play because he's an exciting guy. I love the way he tries to hit. I, I love just, all that. But he's not Sidney. How come when they're in the offensive zone? How come when Washington's in the offensive zone and eight's on the ice? Why doesn't somebody just go stand on that other faceoff dot? Just go stand there. That's where he's going. He's, yeah, how does he get open? I don't there know. All the time? It's amazing how he gets open for those but rippers good f- over there. All but the yeah, but um, the, you know, so Kevin Shattenkirk is, you know, he's part of their. He's like their five and six guy right now. Like yeah. he is. He's their five and six guy. And Pittsburgh had last change, and they were matching Kevin Shattenkirk's D partner in him up against their top two lines, and that's hard to handle. That is hard to handle. Well, I can honestly tell you that uh, I feel, I feel rough bad for, for him because I because he was I, a great guy here again. Guy. He, you know, but man, but, like I said, I saw that, and it's funny. I saw somebody actually try to say, "Hey, Kevin Shattenkirk knows he needs all he's saying is you know that he knows he can play better." And I said, "Listen, that is a and you're a coach. If you come out and say I know he can play better, what are you really saying? You know what we're saying. You're not playing well." You're not playing well. You're you're making big mistakes and big moments. Shooting the puck over to off the, like that was from the far one corner across the ice over the glass. That can't. It just can't happen. You have to be better than that. And if you're not, man, then you'll be wearing a suit and tie. Yeah. No, it's a it's a tough thing because I know that I mean people here absolutely love. Now I will say this: <laughs> there's a faction of fans that when he started belly aching, saying, "I want this kind of money." There are some people that are like, well, then go. And uh, Well, I'll tell you what about that money. He ain't yeah. getting it now. <laughs> you think he is? I'm telling you right now, if, Shet- if Kevin Shattenkirk doesn't play better and the Washington Capitals don't make this a series, he's going to be the scapegoat in all this. He is. Because the coach already called him out. And he's going he's gonna to feel that. In his next contract, because he turned down $7 million deals. He turned them down, and I'm telling you right now, if the, everything stopped, 
everything stopped and he was willing to go out and his his agent was willing to negotiate, he ain't getting seven million from anybody in this league. He's probably still going to do okay because there's going to be a lot well, of teams of going. Man, if I could have those points back there on D, everybody, you know that's he's what not is getting ev- seven million. But what is everybody always looking for? He's cost themselves money. They're looking for points out of their defense. Well, what looking for puck moving defense? Well, exactly. But they got to play. Where's a little the puck de- moving? They right got to play a little defense against the <laughs> yeah. top players too. Well, again, I think you you eloquently brought up who he's playing against, and that's no that's no it's bag no of oranges. But it's good stuff. Hey, um, yeah, I wanted your thoughts on it. Let's go. Uh, let's go over now to your new friend, my new friend, and everybody's buddy. friend, Bradley. Is like I said, he does a great service for everybody in the blues community. We highly encourage you check it out. We tweet their stuff out so that you guys can know through us where you can find them before the games. Uh, it's just again, it's a great paper, and we encourage you. Let's hear from Bradley now with his St. Louis Game Time report. Hi, this is Brad with the St. Louis Game Time segment of the podcast. You can find us outside every Blues home game with the fan-run paper we sell called Game Time. You can also find us online at stlewisgametime.com, St. Louis Game Time. Or you can hear us on the radio 5 5 to 7 a.m. Monday through Thursday on KFNS 590 The Fan. Uh, On Twitter, at stlewisgametime. So the Blues are now down 2-1 in the series to Nashville here in the second round. And a couple things are readily apparent. Uh, so let me let me talk a little bit about what I've seen so far and what I hope could happen in the game on Tuesday, in the fourth game, and maybe uh, the the Friday night home game on Tarasenko de Mayo. Uh, so so far, obviously, penalties have been a problem. Not the one win in the series for the Blues because they didn't take a penalty that game. The first time the Blues have gone. Uh, or I guess they did take a penalty, but it was um, offsetting. So they didn't give up a power play. They didn't kill a penalty for the first time in a playoff game since 1987, which is a long time. So when the Blues stay out of the box and don't give up power plays to Nashville, they're probably just a smidge better 5-on-5, five five, which is something that we saw in the regular season. Uh, the last regular season game between the, the Predators and the Blues was on April 3rd, the home opener for the Cardinals, where they moved up the game to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And when when the Blues were in the penalty box, Nashville played really well and scored. And when they stayed out of the box, the Blues scored, and they won 4-1 in that game. So I think that has correlated to chances for Nashville when the Blues take dumb penalties. And the penalties have been somewhat of a chasing the play type thing. And, and and really that kind of describes a lot of what has happened in this matchup here in the second round where Nashville has been a little bit faster. They're a little bit smaller and they're a little faster. And the blues have been trying to play catch up. They've been catching the, trying to catch the play. Uh, and that's led to some dumb stick penalties, some interference, uh, you know, plays that, that really shouldn't have happened because the blues should have been in a little bit better position. So if they can stay out of the penalty box, I think that's going to help them overall. That's the first thing. Second thing is they need depth scoring. And I've talked about this. If you've listened to the podcast before, I've talked about the importance of depth scoring to the Blues. Really in the last couple seasons, especially last year, for example, they didn't rely just on one line to do to, to have all the scoring to advance to the conference finals last year. They needed other guys to chip in. And they got it. And this year... Mm, it's not happening. Here's some names that you have not seen on the score sheet as of late. Alexander Steen had, I think, one goal in the series. David Perron, struggling to get on the score sheet. Patrick Berglund, 
struggling to get on the score sheet. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's frustrating. And at the time when Patrick Berglund signed his contract extension earlier this season, it was in the midst of a, say, 20 or 30 game stretch where he was scoring pretty frequently and was making plays. And I, I said that going back to last year's playoffs, after he came back from shoulder surgery during the, the beginning of last season, that he was a different player much more energetic, he was more physical, he did a lot of small plays that were noticeable to really affect the game and really affect the flow of the game. Before that, when he was injured, he'd just take stretches off and was pretty much invisible. And I'd say Patrick Berglund has been mostly invisible this second round series against the Predators. Uh, so you need, you definitely need more from him. You, if, if David Perron could get loose and, and make some plays, you know, when he is at his best in the offensive zone. He's digging pucks out of the corners and along the half boards, and then he skates straight in the middle of the ice, and he starts creating havoc because then people are drawn to him, and it creates space for teammates. Or if they don't skate to him, then he finds that open space himself and and gets a good shot on net. He's not doing that. And I I don't remember the last game where he really did some of those those plays where he would takes the puck and then skates to the middle of the ice and, and creates some havoc. He needs to be doing that, and he needs to not take any offensive zone penalties. That's crucial. I think people are a little frustrated with the play of Alex Petriangelo uh, and and Jay Bomeister, and and I can understand why they are out there a lot. And I think they the I think Jay Bomeister's foot foot speed has been uh, a little bit of an issue. I think he's been caught out of position a couple times. He's still playing a lot of minutes, 24, 25 minutes a game in regulation. I would rather see him closer to 19. You know, the second pairing of uh, Joel Edmondson and Colton Pareko has really blossomed in the playoffs. And they're they're playing just a f- couple minutes behind that top pairing. I would not be surprised if they break up 19 and 27 and pair them with Edmondson and Pareko some way. And and kind of spread out the playing time a little bit more. I think the reason that that Bomeister and and Petro have been so uh, locked at the hip, intertwined, uh, married as a pairing, has been that the 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 coaching staff and the previous head coach Ken Hitchcock never felt that anyone other than Bomeister could handle the ice time that Alex Petrangelo has, and. I you know I think maybe it's gotten to the point where those younger guys have matured, and they can now get some of that ice time and and be exposed to those long longer stretches and 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 have that much responsibility on the ice. I think that's important. Jake Allen I think has been really good, even though you know he gave up three on Sunday. Uh, you know, the, the the third goal was the epitome of of how this series is going right now. The Predators get in the Blues end. And they just hold the puck, and they skate around the perimeter, and they went a long time without attempting a shot. But they're pretty much playing keep away. They had two full shifts in the offensive zone, and and the Blues could not get off. So by the end of the time they were out there, and I think Edmondson and, and Pareko were the defensive pair at the time, the entire Blues squad that was out there, that five-man unit, was was reduced to standing around because they had no energy left. They they couldn't catch their breath. They were exhausted from such a long time in their own end. And it was just a matter of time. And I, I tried to fool myself into thinking that, okay, all they have to do is get the puck and clear it out. 
and and change and it won't be a, it won't be a problem and then the longer it went on the longer it went on i kept saying oh this is this is a recipe for disaster and they they scored from the point the national predators did and and really the play of the defense, the the play of the defensemen of the Predators, uh, you know, it, and it's not just PK Subban, it's not uh, just Ryan Ellis, uh, you know, R- Roman Yossi has played really well. Uh, the, the the all of the defensemen for the Predators have played really well this series and have have contributed uh, offensively, which has been a problem for the Blues. They really need to to clamp down at the points and put more pressure on those guys at the blue line instead instead of giving them time and space to do something with the puck. So Tuesday night, look, if the Blues can can uh, can get it together a little bit, stay out of the box, uh, get some momentum, play a little bit better, get some some depth play, maybe get Vladimir Tarasenko scoring a little bit more, then, you know, they come home tied 2-2. Friday night, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, the crowd is going to be amped up. It, it's going to be a great game if it's tied 2-2. 3-1, that's going to be trouble. And you're going to have 19,150 people nervous about how that game is going to end because Game 5s have not gone very well in the playoffs for the Blues in recent years, especially at home, especially on Friday nights. It's really weird how that works. I, I really see the Blues coming back and, and winning on Tuesday and, and then really having a chance to, to take control of the series. Whoever wins that third game first, I think, wins, wins the series. And uh, so the Blues really can't afford to lose Tuesday night on the road. And then they have to hold serve at home and then see, see what happened. Uh, I, uh, I think it's going to be a long series. It could go to Game 7. I, I kind of hope it does. Because, you know, there have been stretches where the Predators have simply outplayed them and it hasn't been as fun. When the Blues have played well, and, and they've played well in every game. It's just not the entire game, and that's the problem. But they've played well enough. I, I, I'm enjoying this series. And you know what? It's creating a rivalry with a team not very far away, probably the closest team, either them or, or Chicago are, are the closest teams to St. Louis. You know, a rivalry that's kind of been growing over the years, but never really has had that flashpoint of something was on the line, and one team won and the other didn't, and there were hard feelings on one side or the other. And and this is this we're, we're getting closer to the point where there's going to be hard feelings over something, and I think that's going to be good for the rivalry going forward. So I'm excited to see what happens. You know, I, you know, if you if 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 it happens that the Predators end this series pretty quickly, I think we'll be able to to determine easily what happened. If the Blues win and extend this thing and go two two and you know have a chance to go three two at home on Friday. I wouldn't be surprised that way either. It's been that close. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I think the Blues can do it. Uh, I also obviously have my doubts. It's been that kind of year. You know, if you go back to all the way back to the beginning of October, it's been up and down, up and down. And they look like they're one of the best teams in the Central Division, if not the Western Conference, if not all of the NHL. And then there were times where they were outside the playoff standings and looking in and it it feels like that they've still been doing that even even beating Minnesota in five games they were getting outplayed and i think that is kind of the frustration among blues fans here today on monday where there's been just been this culmination of blues hockey where they've been getting results but it hasn't been the prettiest and it looks like it could go south at any moment and so there isn't a lot of trust and uh you know, it's everyone's a little nervous, and I, I totally get that. So let's see what happens. And uh, either 
Next week, at this time, I'll be talking about how the season ended or the, how, how the season was extended. Um, it's it's going to be very black and white at that point. So uh, we'll see what happens. So come back and, uh, and, and, and hear more then, I hope. So thanks for the opportunity. If this is uh, close to the end of the se- season, you know, it's been a, a fun ride, and I'd like to do more, so we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Bradley with the St. Louis Game Time part of the podcast. Uh, check us out outside Friday night's home game, Tarasenko de Mayo, and uh, let's go Blues. Back to you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And again, I highly encourage you to check them out. It's uh, well worth it. And what a great story, Gary. That's, that's awesome that some of the guys read it and hadn't read it before. And yeah, they went and bought it. impressed they, enough they that they bought it. So that's cool. They come walking really into cool. the suite with it on Friday, and they're like, look, we got the report. And they were like sitting there reading it because, you know, we got an hour and a half to, you know, indulge ourselves before the game starts. Indulge yourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great way to put it. Drink some water. Um, yeah, I, uh, again, I, you know, I think I had told you that I felt like I understand the whole it's almost like the win the series in baseball thing. You just gotta win the series and you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, if this thing plays out like you would hope it would play out, okay, if we can get one of the two, which you know, it's always nice to get the first one, but man, if you can get the second one and come home with some momentum, but man, momentum seems like a tough thing for the blues right now. I I I wonder sometimes why we can't be the ones to come out and lay it to somebody. The no. first ten minutes of the game that irritates me a little bit. Yeah, we, you know, I'm upset about that a little bit. But hopefully, they can. Uh, they have to do that Thursday. I mean, they have they, to do that tomorrow night. They were out there. The physicality Nashville brought to that game was unmatched by the St. Louis Blues. Kimby hit on it. A lot of people saw it. Guys were getting hurt. Guys are getting knocked down. Um, there has to be a physical presence somewhere with the St. Louis Blues. But let's talk about silver lining here, okay? So, well, I think Kimmy you know brought me. up the silver lining. You're a, you're a shot away from tying that game. Uh, yeah, you are. But no, I'm talking about moving forward. Okay, so uh, obviously two one. Everybody would would have wanted a better outcome. But let's look at it this way: it's two one. Now you're in desperation mode. Whether you, whether people think so or not, that you are, you cannot go down three one. You can't. So you you're in a must win situation. So in a must win situation, let's let's see the heart and the soul and the spirit of these St. Louis Blues. Let's see what you know what got them through the Minnesota series when everyone picked them to lose that series. Let's see um, let's th- see them protect their goaltender. Let's see bodies. You know, yellow and gold, I guess, or gold, or the yellow or gold. Oh, yeah, I think uh, it's a goldish. Okay, it's gold. Let's Goldie. see some gold on the ice. Let's see them. Let's see them go into the locker room to get checked up. Nothing cheap, just hard physical hockey has to be played by the St. Louis Blues. And the reason why you need to do that is to obviously set a tone, to send a message, all of those cliches. But you've got to create room for your your guys on on the offensive side. And um there has to be a price to pay to being in front of Jake Allen. There has to. A gold Nashville players, Nashville forwards have to pay a price and they're not right now. They're going to the front of the net because there there's no fear there, there's there's nothing there that says they can't take that ice. You, the Blues defensemen have to own that ice on 
what what Tuesday have to own that ice Tuesday. Is that when they play Tuesday? Yes. Have to own that ice Tuesday, and they didn't. The Blues, the St. Louis Blues, did not own that ice. That's their ice. If somebody comes in it, they have to pay a price for being there. You got to make guys think twice about just standing in front. Yeah, I, I would expect a different club to come out Tuesday. I mean, their coach, in his words, weren't even competitive in the game three defeat. I mean, that's and that's where they weren't competitive. Yeah, they weren't competitive in you know hockey terms. We call it the house. That's that area between the dots, the high slot. Um, back to the net. They have to. That's the reason why they call it a house is because you have to own it. You you can't let guys just come in there and, you know, everybody's talking about the production that the Nashville Predators are getting from their blue line, you know, from their D and their D were built that way. They, the, their GM, their coach, they like that. They they like that style and they work low to high and their their defensemen are getting a lot of pucks in on net. But I'll tell you this, they had the same number of their defense had the same number of shots on goal as the Blues defense last game. Look it up. It's the same. You know what the difference is? The Blues players weren't in front. They didn't take Pecorine's eyes away. They weren't creating uh, they weren't making Rene uncomfortable. That was happening on the Blues end in the Blues D zone. The Jake Allen didn't see two of those shots. He didn't see them. That can't happen. You can't let that happen. You have, and if if guy if they're gonna take shots from the point, then again, Nashville players in front have to pay a heavy price for standing there. Well, again, I, if I was um, if I was to look at a recipe for this next game, that's a big one. You know, I mean, I, come on. I mean, our guys are, sh- we can, our are shooting the same amount as we, we We can talk about the, the lineup changes, which let's talk about that. What what do you anticipate? Any, I mean, do you care to go on record of what you anticipate? Or <laughs> you want to talk about what you anticipate or what you'd like to see? Uh, I anticipate that uh, PRV will be back in. I anticipate that. Okay. I, I uh, who's the who's who's the odd man out? Is Barbashev likely out after he was demoted during the game? I don't know Just, if he was demoted, honestly. And or do you feel like I they feel needed like Reeves up on the third line? They needed a, a more physical presence on the third line because um, Perron and, and uh, Berglund were not creating any space on their own. So I feel like Yo said, "All right, I'll put." I'll put Reeves up there and just let him run like crazy and see if we can get these guys loose. I think Reeves moving to the Berglund Perron line was an attempt by Yo to help them. Okay, and I and to help them get involved and be engaged in the game. Because now somebody, you know, not that Barbashev can't, but let's face it, he's just not as big as Ryan Reeves. You know, and Ryan Reeves has a physical presence to him. And, you know, if Ryan's coming at you, the man weighs 230 pounds. Um, and I think that was an attempt to get these guys some space and some, and get them engaged in the play because I think they needed a little fire lit under them. I don't think that's going to continue for game this next game. I think they'll be back, Brodziak, Reeves will be back on Brodziak's line. I, I foresee Pay RV being um, part of the lineup. Um, and... You know, maybe Barbashev, but in a different situation. Maybe he's not a third line guy. He's yeah, I, not a fourth line guy. Well, that's always the problem with young guys like that so, that have that type of talent. Right. You know? So, are you going to are you going to 
are you going to sit 12 and play Barbashev up there? That's a possibility, you know, and put Payarvi in the lineup. That's a definite possibility because it, he, it's, it was that way earlier in the season, right? Yeah. Um, it's, I, there's going to be no changes on the decor. I mean, none. None. I don't foresee anything happening there. But I, I would, um, I'd like to see Barbashev playing, you know, first or second line center, and I'd like to see Payarvi in the mix somewhere. That's what I'd like to see. And if that means 12 has to go to the press box, then 12 has to go to the press box. Well, uh, I think as Kimby alluded to, we'll trust Mr. Yo on this one. He seems to be pushing all the right buttons, so hopefully he pushes them correctly for Game 4. He's going to push the right buttons. How about Laviolette? He pushes the right buttons. Yeah, we had a lot of Blues fans upset yesterday that he was getting a lot of praise. But as you pointed out so eloquently, and I've used that word with you now two or three times a day that you were very eloquent, but the truth of the matter is you pointed it out, and it was factual. And, you know, that's another thing, and that's for another show, but I don't understand why fans get so butthurt over announcers saying things. Again, I, I, I listen. It's the I listen, playoffs, and, but neither, listen. and the playoffs draws the casual fan, right? But I watch the so same games. Explaining it to the casual fan, right? That's right. No, I understand. So I, I know we're in agreement, but this is what fires me up. I watch the same game that's that some of our friends watch. Just mm-hmm. no different than baseball either, mm-hmm. with McCarver or whoever. <laughs> and I, for some reason, it doesn't irritate me. I, I don't understand. And you know, I'm very irritable. You are. Uh, okay, so my point is, I don't understand why, and again, people can say, well, listen, that's you. you maybe you don't give a shit, and that, that is true. Maybe I just don't care. But my point is, I don't notice it. I don't, I, I've told you now, for I don't understand the, the Joe Buck hate. I, I don't get yeah, it. I'll I never understand it. I don't understand the, the guy. Hate. Listen, the, the Joe Buck thing for St. Louis kills me, by the way. This is a guy that had no, nothing to gain by this, but basically called out the NFL and Stan Kroenke. Called him out. Yeah, and then tell me he hates St. Louis. Yeah, I, I, I'll You're never wrong. understand. I'll never understand it. You're a hun- anyone out there who says that guy hates St. Louis is 100% wrong. Anybody who sits there and tells me that the guys calling the game yesterday, the national broadcasters, hate St. Louis, you're wrong. They don't hate St. Louis. They were explaining exactly what was happening during that game. And the second point of it is, is the guy says, well, you know, I just want him to tell me about the game. I said, okay, then you know what they told you? Th- They're telling you all this stuff, be- and you're going to hear we Nashville got out, a lot we didn't, because we didn't, We didn't have a with. shot on goal for 20 minutes. What do you want him to talk about? <laughs> yeah, how many times And this is what he said. He goes, that? well, maybe talk about that. I said, I did hear him. I did hear him say the St. Louis Blues have not had a shot on goal. And I, I did hear him say, what do you want him to keep saying that over and over again? <laughs> okay, we're at the 17-minute mark. The Blues still haven't shot. Oh, 17.30. No shot on goal from the Blues yet. Oh, we're up to 18 minutes and no shot. Is that what you want? Come on, man. I know. I, it just Listen, the things that, the, that a fan doesn't understand is if you turn on the game, you don't understand that there's guys sitting in the press box. And that he decides who plays every game, and then he sets up these lines. It just, I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. I know you can't take it. So anyway. You're irritable. Great stuff as always. Really appreciate you coming in. Great show. Um, yep, thanks. Not great stuff to talk about, unfortunately. But it's all right. um, Thursday show, God, I hope it takes on a little bit better life. And I hope we're not sitting there on Thursday going, we got to win tonight or it's time to get the golf clubs out. Yeah. So good stuff, but I appreciate you coming on as I always do and uh, appreciate McKendry University allowing you to, to do this and be a part of it. And we're happy to help uh, get the word out about McKendry and what a great, uh, 
great university it is for, for all the kids and the families out there. Make sure you check them out. Again, thanks again to Scott Nelson and NelsonLandServices.com. Uh, VincentMortgage.com as well, 839-9999. And uh, our good friend Jamie Rivers with his SynergyHockeySkills.com. And, of course, for Darren Kimball, stepping in for Jamie today. We really do appreciate it. I know it's kind of tough for him to, to get away on a moment's notice with what he does during the day. But uh, very gracious with his time, and we appreciate it. Special thanks to our producer, Andrew Allen. Uh, and everybody over at lineupmedia.fm, we highly encourage you to check out the fastest-growing podcast network on the planet. It'll be worth your time if you're listening to many podcasts, which you probably are because you're listening to this one. You definitely want to check out lineupmedia.fm. Uh, for Gary Henson, I'm Jim Cromer, your office official. Uh, for Kimby and Rivers, who are not in studio today, we will see you on the tube tomorrow night, and we need a Blues victory before we get back here on Thursday. Let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.